Hello and welcome to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard. Thank you so much for returning for another segment. We'll be speaking with Dr. Timothy Hand, Associate Professor of the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center, Mellon Institute, Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh. He's joining us to talk about new research on the influence of breast milk antibodies in shaping infant immunity, particularly regarding NEC. Welcome to Health Professional Radio. Dr. Timothy Hand, thank you so much for joining. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be here. Tell us a bit about yourself, and um, let's jump right into your research. Sure, yeah. As you mentioned, I'm a, I'm a professor here at the University of Pittsburgh, and my laboratory here focuses on trying to understand the interaction between the bacteria that live inside the intestine, which we call the, collectively the microbiota, and um, the development of the immune system. And, and, and you know, we're really interested in, in all aspects of this, but uh, one of the most uh, important, you know, kinds of interactions that can happen is, is when you first get colonized by intestinal bacteria when you're an infant. So that's one of the things that we are particularly focused on. I've often wondered why it is that we are so inundated with cow's milk when we should be off of mother's milk at a certain age and then not have to have milk anymore. Is that a myth or is that a fact? Yeah, I think the evidence um, from across the board is really that Infants should be should be fed mother's milk whenever possible, right? But I, I mean, I, you know, I want to be careful here, right? You know, individual families make their own decisions about how they would like to feed their infant and 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 what's best for their family. So you know, there's no judgment here. But in terms of the research and what's best for the health of of infants, it's pretty clear that uh, mother's milk for the for the first six months of an infant's life is, is the, is the, is in almost all cases the best choice. So how exactly does mother's milk benefit the immune system in babies? Sure. That's, that's a great question. And I think it's, it's, it's gonna, it's, it has a sort of a complex answer. And so what we, the way we like to think about it in our lab is in terms of these molecules in breast milk that we collectively refer to as bioactives. So these are molecules that shape the intestinal bacteria in the infant. And, and also, you know, there's evidence, although it's less clear, it may also shape directly the infant's intestine and the infant's immune response. And so the first of these are these molecules called milk oligosaccharides. And these are fascinating uh, sugar-like molecules that are made by a mother's mammary gland and secreted into breast milk. And the fascinating thing about them is that they actually are not digested by the infant. They're only digested by a particular type of bacteria called bifidobacteria that live in the infant's intestine. And fascinatingly, for, at least for me, the outcome of that digestion by bifidobacteria are, are molecules called short-chain fatty acids. And that's the same molecules that an adult produces by digesting fiber. So what this is, is this is a mother's attempt to try to drive the, you know, metabolism of her infant's intestine towards a more beneficial state. Because these bifidobacteria and these short-chain fatty acids are very uh, supportive of, of infant intestinal health. The second bioactive, and this is the one my lab is most interested in, is immunoglobulin A. This is a type of antibody, right, the same kind of antibodies that you'll make after you have a viral infection or you have get, get vaccinated or something like that. But immunoglobulin A is a bit different in the sense that it's, it's designed by evolution to be secreted. And so this, uh, as opposed to the milk oligosaccharides, which are, you know, sort of acting as a carrot uh, to try to direct the microbiota to a specific state by offering an incentive, 
The immunoglobulin A is a disincentive. This is, these, are, these are antibodies that are meant to regulate some of the more inflammatory or more dangerous bacteria in the intestine. Uh, and this is, this is one of the things we've been looking into. NEC, can you elaborate on necrotizing enterocolitis? Right. So necrotizing enterocolitis is a horrendous disease um, that fortunately is quite rare. And the reason it's quite rare is that it really is only a problem for preterm infants. And then even within preterm infants is, is, a, is a really only a significant problem for what we would call a very low birth weight infant. These are typically infants born between, you know, 24 and 33 weeks gestational age. And these are very small Infants, And so what happens in these infants, and we don't quite understand fully how necrotizing enterocolitis works, but what we think is happening essentially is that these children are born in a stage where their intestine does not expect to have bacteria and food on it, right? These, these aren't intestines that, that evolution has designed to be digesting anything, right? And so when we ask them to do things like digest milk and, and to be colonized by bacteria, which happens just because they're out in the world, uh, what can happen is that, um, you know, they're very delicate uh, intestinal tissue. They can become damaged and then invaded by the bacteria in that space. That invasion, because of the, the sort of nature of this, uh, of this very young intestine, leads to a massive immune response, inflammatory immune response. And so essentially what we think happens is the immune system actually is, is essentially killing the intestine from within the infant. So this is something we really, really want to avoid because if it gets too serious and, and antibiotics don't work in shutting down uh, neck or necrotizing enterocolitis, uh, a surgeon will have to go in and, and remove a significant portion of the intestine, which can have enormous long-term repercussions for the infant if, if they survive the surgery. Tell us the significance uh, of your findings and some of the key takeaways from this particular research. Sure. Uh, so where we started this, our, our current research was this idea. Again, you brought up NAC. So we uh, knew that NAC, for, for infants, preterm infants, that we could uh, eliminate or avoid a lot of NAC uh, by feeding infants um, maternal milk or mother's milk uh, as part of their feed. So we knew that infants that were fed formula had a much higher likelihood of developing neck and that infants fed their mother's own milk were, were protected. What was interesting was not all mothers were protected or not all infants, sorry, were protected that were fed milk. So that implied that there might be differences in the milk. And indeed, we showed that in an earlier paper that those differences seemed to focus on a dip or a loss of immunoglobulin A or antibody binding of bacteria in the infant's intestine. So what that implied to us was that maybe the antibodies in all different mother's milk are different in the sense that, you know, the way antibodies work is that they're very specific to a one given target, right? And so we know this because if you've been vaccinated against something like COVID-19, you have antibodies against COVID-19. But if you've never been vaccinated or infected with COVID-19, you don't have those antibodies. Well, the same thing is true of these immunoglobulin A antibodies that get into breast milk. Depending on the mother's life history, she will have different types of antibodies in her breast milk. But this really had never been looked at, and no one had really ever looked at whether it might be relevant to the bacteria that were found in a preterm infant's intestine. And what we discovered was two very, we think, very interesting things. One is, and this comes as no surprise to most people who know uh, even a little bit about the immune system, 
is that the antibodies in breast milk from different donors in our study were very different between different different mothers, okay? So every mother has a very different life history, and so they all have distinct antibodies. But the second thing, and this is maybe just as interesting, is the antibodies in breast milk are incredibly stable, meaning that they're different between different mothers, but they're actually the same within one mother. They don't change a lot over time. And what that implies and why that's important for neck is that if something's going wrong in the infant's intestine, the antibodies in the milk are not going to change to solve that problem, right? So, you know, if you're infected with salmonella in your intestine, your antibodies will scale. They'll increase in number and efficacy to deal with that infection. That will not happen if your infant is infected and you're trying to, to handle that infection with a milk antibody because those antibodies don't, don't change with what's going on in their target, uh, for lack of a better metaphor, their target audience, which is in the infant uh, bacteria in their intestines. Give us a website where we can uh, learn some more, if you would. Sure. Um, you know, one of the great places you could go to take a look at, at some of where some of our research on this topic is you could go to my, my website at thehandiestlab.com. And also, I would point you to the March of Dimes website. This is a great resource for, for many of the, a lot of the information relevant to preterm infants uh, and things like that. And also, you could visit uh, the UPMC Children's website here in Pittsburgh. There's lots of great information there. Great. Thank you so much for joining us here on Health Professional Radio, Timothy. Thank you much so much for your time. I really appreciate it. You've been listening to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard, in conversation with Dr. Timothy Han discussing the role of breast milk antibodies in shaping infant immunity. Audio copies of this program are available at healthprofessionalradio.com.au, also at Anchor Spotify. And be sure and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com, Health Professional Radio.